0: hello everybody welcome back to the friday night dinner podcast i'm your host curtis with me as always is dr stephanie sarkis phd who you can find at stephanie how are you today steph
1: i'm great how are you
0: doing great thanks how's the weather your way
1: it's nice out it's 55 degrees so it's a little cooler nice and i was just in california and it was in the 30s to 50s and it was beautiful out nice so yeah so what's it like
0: hello everybody welcome back to the friday night dinner podcast i'm your host curtis with me as always dr stephanie Sarkis, phd you can find it stephanie com. how are you today Steph?
1: great how are you
0: doing great thanks i'm watching one of my cats just like look around at everything so like energetically he's just like
1: whoa like life is good everything's exciting yeah good for him he's living his best cat
0: life yeah he's he's a simple cat like, he just, he, he his main goal in life is to find things to lay on. He likes to find his favorite spots to lay down. And, uh yeah, he just does that. For that fun. sounds like a good life. Yeah. So, yeah. He's... And
1: a family that adores him. So, you know, it's good.
0: Yeah. Uh The weather is still chilly. If anything, it's colder. Now it's 33 Fahrenheit, which is around, like, zero Celsius. It's just frigid.
1: It went down to 70. It was seventy
0: three last podcast. Oof. So. Well, I guess that makes sense. It's starting to get a little bit closer to nighttime, so gonna get a little chillier. And
1: I'm spending as well, I'm spending as much time outside as possible because again, like we talked about last episode, this is the calm before we get the summer. Yeah. So, and that's where I'm like, tell me what the temperature is, so I can feel some sense of relief.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you're like, it's seventy degrees. No, oh, it's like well, right now it's yeah, thirty three. It's it's not desirable. Trust me, you, you
1: when it's 500, though, here, you're like, it's 70 degrees. It's great.
0: Yeah. Well, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it gets a little warm here, but even when it gets warm, I always just open up all the windows and just let it air out. It's usually not so nice.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Get that cross breeze. Yeah. So are there months where you, like, I know that there's months where I live and months where you live, where we don't go camping. I wonder if there are any months that we both don't go camping. I was just thinking of this so so because right now is when we go camping right because if you start going like in like the end of camping season is like around April because starting in May it's ungodly hot and there are a lot mm. of mosquitoes and so then we don't really start camping again until like October so it's October to April so what's your camping season because yours is the opposite right
0: yeah I would probably say it's like from March until probably like October yeah
1: so we really don't have any months for neither one of us go camping.
0: No, probably not. That's interesting. Not, no. So it's I like
1: mean, the exact... Huh.
0: I mean, mind you, I haven't done nearly as much camping as I'd love to, but...
1: Yeah. We picked up on during COVID. It'll be interesting to see now that things are kind of... I wouldn't say winding down, but it seems like there was less cases if we camp as much or if we kind of mm. don't do it as much. But it was a great way to do things like we both love camping michael and, I, and um and it was a way to socialize but you could be outside yeah you know what I mean? so there are a lot of benefits to it but mm-hmm. um, it's just like the whole aspect of camping itself um now if you're if you're a listener that you, camping for you is being at a hotel with an outlet that's okay too
0: yep that's okay nothing wrong Everybody with that either
1: Comfort with it Mm-hmm. Like, we've done primitive camping where you have, like, nothing, and you hike out there, and we took a boat out to the Everglades, and there was nothing but, like, an island with nothing on it. <laughs> That's yeah. not everybody's tea, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. Well, we're here to talk about Gilmore Girls, and we've gotten into season six, finally. Season six, episode one, which is called New and Improved Lorelai. But so, uh, she
1: says in the episode.
0: Yep. Yeah. And uh it's funny because here's the thing, I forget how quickly um Lorelai says yes to Luke about the marriage. For some reason I thought mm-hmm. that they would like stretch it out a few episodes, as they tend to do with these mm-hmm. things. But you no, know, we come back and Lorelai's like, yep. do this she's
1: she's trying to not feel the icky feelings and we talked about last episode that's that's a thing that she does is that you Mm -hmm. know again my guess is here's a psych perspective is that in her family you're taught that you suppress your emotions and emotions create hassles for people and so when she feels an emotion that is one that's unpleasant she does something to distract from we talked last episode about how when she left max First thing she did is just go to Rory's rooms they were going on a road trip. Yeah. And and this time it's like she immediately just, you know, tries to fill it with she asks Luke to marry her in the last episode. And this is where we see she almost gets kind of manic. Yeah. Trying to
0: get ready for it and like doing a toast and all that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, this episode kind of gives us a little bit more of an idea of like what Lorelai and Rory's new life is like. And again, if you thought this was gonna get resolved quickly. I mean, nope. I, Derek, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I won't spoil it, but yeah, no, I won't. But yeah, I've never seen this before. So,
1: yeah. But
0: there's a good, there's a good amount of time spent where Lorelei and Rory are not speaking. And uh, it's, mm. it's interesting because, you know, the, the whole show is predicated on them being, uh, you know, right. the mother and daughter friends and all that uh i think a lot of people don't like this season for that reason is that you know there is that strife between them but uh yeah so if you there is a little
1: bit of feeling of did you run out of storylines you know there's a little bit Mm. of that kind of feeling
0: for me interesting i think based on where the show's headed and uh yeah there'll be some there's gonna be some things that we're gonna have to talk about for sure because i'm like ooh. Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah we i think this episode does a good job of kind of showing you like more of like hey this is what their new life is like um yeah lorelei accepts a proposal and the town immediately figures it out that yeah they're they're engaged and
1: well she asked him right so he accepted her proposal
0: oh yes you're right i oh, know them yeah because
1: for some reason she gets flack, or he gets flack from people in town. And it seems yeah. so dated. Yeah. the You know, like, Babette and um Patty just kind of really have an issue with it.
0: Yeah, they treat it like it's just so ungodly that someone would do something like that. And I'm like, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, if you want to get married, I don't think it matters who asks who, as long as, you know, mm-hmm. somebody asks, I guess, right? Because so.
1: usually you've talked about it beforehand. Yes. Right? So...
0: And I don't know if they've talked about it, but I think, like, they have such a strong bond that it makes sense. Well, um, she
1: said um, that she was she would be ready to get married. I think he said something like that, too. And I don't know if they said it to each other. Right. But, yeah, I think it was just kind of understood that they were headed towards something like that.
0: Yeah. And they start making plans. Luke buys weird rings from uh, Kirk. <laughs> see, we maybe- see this
1: kind of speedy
0: side to Kirk. Yeah, he befriends older women and basically and then, talks with them until they surrender their rings to him, which is very bizarre. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's, it, you know, it's interesting too because Lorelai seemingly is okay with the fact that Rory is is gone. Like, uh, I don't think she's okay. I think that she's
1: acting like she is. But I don't think she's okay. I think she's far from okay. But I think that she's also kind of throwing her hands up in the air and saying, "You know what? This is how it is. My boundary is: if you want to take over as a parent, you can be the parent." I think
0: that's the point she's at. But I think it
1: bothers her a great deal because this is the thing that she's tried to shield Rory from her entire life.
0: My take on it is that she she's kind of like she's right now. She obviously views her parents as being toxic. I think she has for the mm-hmm. longest time. And now she sees that Rory would rather be with them than her. And I think Laura's like, fine, go for it. Like, go ahead, be together if that's what you two want. Like, you be her parent. She finally says that in this episode. Um, But I think what she's going to realize is that no matter what they're going to be in her life, no matter what, and she can't just say that the two of them are out or the three of them are out out of her life it's going to be a lot more complicated than that. So, but I think we're Lorelai's at now. I get the impression that she just kind of thinks like, yeah, you, you three go be a family. You go do your thing. I have this life with Luke. I have this, and I'm going to focus on this. You three do your thing again. I
1: think I, she's doing that. So she doesn't have to feel the, the icky feelings. And that's, but are yeah. still cropping up. Cause I don't think you can avoid those feelings. They're going to come back and bite her.
0: Well, I think inevitably she's going to, yeah. Realize that she can't do that. Like, your daughter and your family always are going to be there, whether you want to accept that or not. Um, so I, I it's just, it, it's interesting. There's a few points in this where, yeah, like she, uh, you know, she gets a call from Richard saying like, oh, we're having this attorney over to talk about our case. Can you come over? And, um, and, you know, she just says, no, I'm fine. You guys got this under control. You do you
1: i think she's angry and Mm -hmm. she's playing and i think she's trying to to control it and she's doing her own thing to distract herself from the feelings she's having because can you imagine the disappointment that you've you've spent you know your kid's whole life trying to protect her from her grandparents because you know what they're about and then she still winds up with them yeah i mean it must be heartbreaking for her and also shocking for her that you know that they actually did pull it off I think. Because, yeah, she tells Emily the scorpion and frog tale, which I thought was an excellent way of describing it. Oh, go ahead.
0: Well, I do think that. I mean, I do think inevitably uh, Lorelei will come around. I mean, I think it's not a big spoiler. Well, she spoiler wants contact to contact
1: their daughter. She kind of has to.
0: It, it's, you know, I don't think it's a big spoiler to say that eventually they reconcile. But I think. Uh, the thing is, I think for now at least, I think she's got some level of enjoyment but i think that's not gonna last forever i think it's gonna she's gonna realize that like hey i can't th- this won't work long term like this will give her some mild satisfaction you know very early it's a on band-aid. yeah right. and that's the thing i think you know eventually she's gonna realize that there's no way that she cannot feasibly keep this going but i think for now at least she's like hey let's go for it but you know i think what you're, what you're seeing now is her being happy with what's going on but i think you know, inevitably it's gonna you know kind of rear it. it's it's true and ugly face and she's not gonna like it so she's gonna go yeah
1: well. see i think we're kind of different on that because i think that she's definitely not happy with what's going on but she's suppressing feeling that anger and even rage mm. um by distracting herself with getting married um and then you know she's there's like this righteous anger that she has but she's but she's also washing her hands of it Um, because i think again you know she's got to be wondering she's got to be blaming herself probably some degree because i think that's normal because it it all boils down to if she had not taken payment from her parents for for the high school would this still have happened and she's got to be thinking about that you know because she didn't want to ask them for money
0: yeah But but
1: she made that one faithful decision and this all went into motion
0: well the thing is too is when she storms into Emily and Richard's bedroom in the middle of the night, which mm-hmm. I thought was hilarious. Uh, also too, I'm like, how I easy is do it? That
1: if you're feeling indifferent, that's anger. What?
0: No, I think, well, yeah. See, I think she does that to sort of say to her parents, like, no, this is it. You want this? Here you go. Like, that's it. I'm wiping my hands clean because I don't know if it was anger. I think it was more just like, she didn't, she doesn't like dealing with Emily. And i think just she was just like well you want the clothes here's the clothes like because richard you would not have
1: broken into their house if you were indifferent because the opposite of of being angry is just being indifferent she wouldn't have brought the clothes over no she would have just did her own thing and you know put her feet up and watch tv and just enjoyed stuff if she was indifferent she's feeling some strong feelings now she may be kind of sublimating them into something else but there's no way that she's going through that and not feeling some sense of loss or anger. I mean, she broke into their
0: house. Mm, yeah. I, I yeah, I, I think how she's approaching it is idealistic in her way, but I, yeah, I don't think it's going to last. But yeah. Uh,
1: well, she, like I said, if she wants any access to her kid, eventually she's going to have to... Connect with them, but I get where she's coming from. That she's like, "Oh, you want to run the show? Run the show." Yeah, fine. Yeah, I mean, it's her throwing her hands up and going, "You know what? You've you've broken my boundary, and I care to not bother with setting boundaries anymore. I'm just done."
0: Yeah, well, and either way, it the the, something like this doesn't last forever. But yeah, so the the uh, fodder for this episode. Tomato, tomato. It's like either Mm -hmm. way. They're gonna get they're they're gonna resolve this issue but yeah it's um it's still nice that uh yeah at least we get a little bit of conflict and i think it's a good boiling point for everything that's been going on so far this uh mm-hmm. series um i hear
1: she's engaged and she came and tell her kid
0: yeah and that might yeah, that's be a weird. plot point that comes up later so mm-hmm. um okay uh let's see we've also got bringing up the recap here um yeah
1: we have still this race that is just total filler i still don't totally understand the race and why these people are showing up at midnight i don't get it <laughs>
0: yeah, i think it's just mostly just yeah filler i mean again shows like this back in the day and i think you don't see this as much nowadays but shows had the feel the need to like give characters something to do. Whereas now people are more inclined to say, no, give this character like a break, give them like a night off. Basically. Uh, We don't need this character in an episode, but like, you know, you kind of get the impression the show's like, well, we need Lorelai to be doing something. We need Luke to be doing something. We need Rory to be doing something. We need Michelle to be doing something. It's, they need these characters to be doing something. I guess to the point where you're just writing some very innate plots just to give them something to do. Like, Oh, Michelle's, you know, wiping sweat off a desk like uh, it's just.
1: Well, I wonder if part of that's this whole streaming, you know, advent because this was before streaming. So if you showed this on network and I forget what network it was on, but you had to put in so many minutes. So you had so many minutes of commercials and so many minutes of show. And with streaming, my assumption is is that you can have you know within reason whatever length you want. So you don't need to have as much filler.
0: Well, also too, because like
1: you don't have block time for commercials.
0: Oh go ahead. Well even they did the revival, like they set it at like four episodes, I wanna say. Um mm-hmm. you know. And they could I, I think maybe the argument can be made they could have done more than that, but like I think with the normal seasons yeah, they have like twenty-two episodes an hour each. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there's gonna be some filler. So um mm-hmm. yeah. Uh Oh, uh, they also meet the lawyer, uh, who's played by Robert Foxworth. And uh, it doesn't go that well. He keeps saying, oh, yeah, we'll get you like 10 hours of community service. It's not it's not a big deal. And uh, the judge very clearly does not Actually, like Rory. Gives more than what the prosecution
1: recommends. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't know how common that is, but I think it just shows that how out of touch that the grandparents are and rory are with you know behavior expected from regular people i mean and it's... and in essence they are regular people and you see that britcher came and controlled himself in the courtroom
0: well it's interesting that you say that because i guess in my mind i was tr- thinking of it more as uh if lorelei was there and the judge could have seen lorelei and seen a little bit more how down to earth uh rory rise right. She probably would have been a little more lenient, but when she sees Mm -hmm. these privileged grandparents there and she sees Rory wearing this stupid dress, I think she kind of, yeah, she goes a little bit harsher on her. And I think, like, what would have happened if Lorelai was there? She would have said, like, no, throw on, like, this shirt instead and, like, do these other things. You just said you
1: need to show humility in front of the judge.
0: Exactly. And I think uh, it's just interesting that, yeah, uh, more or less, I think... The issue is is that, yeah, uh, you know, being into this lifestyle of, uh, you know, privilege and all that, I mean, you know, sure, it's got some upsides to it. You get a big spread of breakfast in the morning. You can choose all these different chairs to sit in or whatever, but, you know, it also reflects badly on you in certain moments, too, and I think... Rory's starting to see that now where she maybe thought it wasn't a big deal and she, you know even in the earlier in the episode she was like hey this is pretty nice like i got a pretty good pretty good setup here but now she's starting to see yeah there's there's some downsides to it too and some things that she's not going to be There's a price happy she pays yeah. yeah
1: and so. she says to Richard you know, did my mom know and that's when that's when it hits her that Lorelai made a choice not to show up you know yeah. it's like you make some decisions i make some decisions mm-hmm. and i'm not going to enable it
0: yeah.
1: So good for Lorelai that she was setting boundaries. Um... Meanwhile, Mabette has no boundaries. What's this with, with harassing Luke about she wants the latest scoop on how everybody's suffering?
0: I mean, that's like, so weird to me. She was like, like and Why did like, Luke
1: even talk to her?
0: I love how she was running to and she's like, I smell toast and I'm like, what are you, like, what? She's just so bizarre with that woman. But also, and
1: she and she's talking about how like somebody else usually gets the scoop before she does or something, and I can't believe Luke was actually giving information to her because the Luke that I know would tell her, "What are you crazy? Just stop bothering
0: me." Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was like kind of in there as a funny scene, but also too like, I don't know, someone who sometimes indulges in the the tea as the kids say these days. I was like, I, Mm -hmm. I. i would get laugh at her running to find out what was going on. But, yeah, it was a little uh, intrusive, a little I guess, much. in a way. But, yeah, I guess at this point I'm like, yeah, they, they've done that a few times in the show. So I'm not that shocked.
1: So did Daniel Palladino write this? Because there are a few body image things in this nope, episode. this was all
0: Amy Sherman Palladino. Really? Yeah.
1: I wonder how much, like, being a dancer and having... Bunheads was what, before this or after this? I think it, it was, was after it, right? Yeah. So I wonder her being, if her being a dancer kind of plays into um, some of the stuff that's brought up about weight. Because, you know, in that culture, eating disorders, there's a really high rate of eating disorders compared to the general population. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if that kind of filters into the writing. Because, you know, the thing that, that Emily says about there's plenty of time to sleep and you've got up a couple dress sizes. I was like, what? That's mm. just That's just way that's pathological
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and and then the girl that's like can you pass me three peanuts or like four peanuts you know like that's very kind of that gets into eating disorder behavior yep. when you're asking for just like a certain amount of things um so i i kind of wonder how much her experiences as a dancer and seeing people with eating i don't know if she's ever mentioned having an eating disorder but seeing people with possibly eating disorders kind of shows
0: up in her writing Mm-hmm all right um yeah so we've got uh yeah this uh yeah her being given 300 hours of community service and again she was only supposed to get like 10 so that's quite a bit and i'm just thinking like well hypothetically you're putting in 40 hours of work per week so that's 300 divided by 40 so that's Just seven and a half weeks of community service. He tells
1: the judge that she can't do it because she has to get a job. And I'm like, you don't tell the judge you can't do the thing. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many errors that usually you would have an attorney say, shut up, don't say say anything, you know, stay quiet. Mm. But, you know, and then Richard, like, you would think that the judge would have said that he was in, in contempt of court. But, you know, it's TV. So... So you know, he's threatening to sue the attorney. He's already got a name of an attorney he's going to sue the attorney for. And it's just, you just mm. see the total Absolutely. entitlement. Yeah. And I'm assuming this is their first interaction with the legal system, too. Yeah. Because they're entitled. And so they've probably been able to get out of things or skirt the law or whatever. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: like Huntsberger, definitely, because you look at all the stuff that, that um logan's done he's never gone to jail yeah and he was very nonchalant about the whole boat thing he's like eh my my family's attorneys will take care of it like it's yeah you could see the entitlement
0: mm-hmm. okay uh what was your favorite and least favorite performance from this episode
1: my my most favorite was michelle um i really liked his interaction with um emily when she came to the house um and and what the reference is uh, he was like i feel like i feel like i'm on benson or something i feel like benson so benson was a show that was in the 70s to 80s and robert Guillaume played the butler to a governor and his name on the show was benson so that's why he's saying that but but okay. i liked michelle as i also like michelle you know basically spraying down the, the inn but yeah after the after the guy i thought leaves, that was pretty
0: funny also somebody who yeah. kind of like just is repulsed by sweat i was like yeah i get that i would be insane.
1: he does some good physical comedy i, yeah. I like that worst was taylor because i just thought you know a little bit of taylor goes a long way yeah and there was too much taylor Hmm. i don't know how you underplay taylor but he used to kind of be a little underplayed
0: yeah uh my favorite funny enough was the special guest is we charlie Davenport. Uh, well played by robert foxworth i thought he was great i like that he came the in and he was so confident yeah he was so confident in, in helping rory and, <laughs>
1: up and he's just like
0: uh <laughs> i don't know was... wash his
1: hands of it yeah i yeah. mean you could tell that's a guy that's active yes. you know what i mean like he yeah had, he had a presence when
0: he showed up like he was I mean, what was, has he been in? He, hmm? he's been in a bunch of stuff like the dark shadows and other stuff like that but oh really like yeah, I guess for me, like it was kinda of like having someone else who was like on the level of Richard and Because he kinda of is like that. Yeah. Like, he's been around for a while, so yeah, to have mom was great. He was uh
1: What what's his name again?
0: Uh Robert Foxworth is the actor's name. Yeah. And, uh, oh,
1: he was married to Elizabeth Montgomery of um of uh I dream a genie. Oh there you go. Oh, well, they lived together over twenty years and then married until her death. Okay. Oh
0: there huh. you go. Um, yeah. So
1: he's been acting since he was a kid, it looks like?
0: Mm, yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, like, uh, I thought he was a great, great little addition to Mm -hmm. this episode. Just, just, yeah. His energy was kind of entertaining, actually, I thought, like, I don't know, for what they were doing with him. Um. Oh, yeah, I thought he, he fit in really well with their whole vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, best uh, reference from this episode. Archie, no, I don't know if I said least favorite. Never mind. Um, least favorite. Uh, there's a few that are up for consideration. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean... Which one's the least offensive? Hmm? Yeah. I, 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 I mean... I don't know. I'm going to probably say, like, Logan. I don't know. He just kind of felt flat. Yeah. And considering, like, what happened in the episode prior and, like, what's still going on in this one, he's, like, his girlfriend goes to court and he's just like, eh, let's throw you a party. And I'm like, ah, really? Like...
1: It reminds me of, I don't know if you've seen Euphoria, but there's um, a scene where there's a character that, that gets out of a really serious legal charge. And mm. he shows up at a Halloween party wearing one of those jail outfits like they have in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And it's such a shocking thing to see somebody that that, that had, like, like assault charges against him and, and has a witness that lies for him. And then he shows up in a jail outfit. So mm. it gave that kind of vibe, like, how inappropriate is this?
0: Yeah. 100%. You know, there's something
1: kind of just kind of icky about that. And I know mm-hmm. the whole thing is, like, hey, let's have a party, but... I think that's part of the issue is that she's around people that glamorize that type of behavior
0: Mm -hmm. and kind of
1: almost reward her for it. Yeah. You know, she's the focus of this party. Yeah. And then you have the, who's the Australian guy? I can't remember his name. Finn. But he, he says some stuff about looking for girls that, that have, that have been drinking too much and yeah. it has a comment about one too many is delightful immediacy and i was like oh yuck that was kind of disturbing along with the whole jail vibe thing one too many is a delightful immediacy it's like oh what a what a really icky creepy yucky thing to say yeah that he actually prefers women that are drinking too much rather than not drinking mm-hmm. wow that was bad <laughs> yeah.
0: okay Um, favorite oh quotes oh did we do reference oh, yeah. was your,
1: mine, mine was the Benson one what's yours
0: uh, my favorite reference <sighs> Um, yeah. uh, I think Emily says we're a push we're a, a push button away like Star Trek and I was like oh I'm surprised Emily knew Star Trek but okay knows
1: what Star Trek says right right yeah. right that was a little shocking really Trekky. I mean, she could have bonded with Luke over that. I was going to say. you know, she didn't give it a shot. Yeah. Mine was, Einstein took a year off, Rory says. And Paris responds, yeah, after discovering three laws of physics.
0: And I thought that's a really good retort. Yeah. So. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a a good one, too. Um, And then there's
1: gaslighting. Because Emily leaves a message on Lorelai's answering machine saying, you invited me over. And Lorelai says out loud to herself, no, I didn't yeah so emily says you invite me over and you weren't even here and, and lorelei's like i didn't even invite you over
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I, it sounds like it was emily trying to convince her of that yeah and the fact that emily was kind of busted because michelle's sitting there reading his w magazine because you know, lorelei knew what was going to happen mm-hmm so you see Emily just feel kind of foiled. And he responded to a narcissist in the best way, which is just very calm, very measured, which he probably has a lot of experience working in, in hotels, dealing with difficult people. Um, mm-hmm. But the way he, he handled her was excellent. It was just like, you know what? I have, I don't have time for your stuff today. This is mm-hmm. not my problem. Yeah, A lot easier to do when you're not related to the narcissist. But yeah. still, he handled that really well.
0: Yeah um okay uh yeah oh my favorite quote uh uh oh uh Lorelai said something like to Paris which I thought was funny she said Paris listen to me you are a very smart uh driven young lady and you can be anything you want except a diplomat which I thought was great
1: I like also when she saw Logan and she just said no I mean, she said a very clear no. Oh,
0: I thought she said you, but yeah, I mean... Oh, you know, no,
1: you're right. It's you. It's you, but she goes you. Yeah. Yeah, like the way she said it was great. Yeah. Typical Paris just being herself, so... I um, mean, she, she she knew what was going on, you know, that Logan was behind Rory quitting. Yeah. I mean, I think if, she, if he, she hadn't gotten a relationship with Logan, she'd probably still be a you.
0: I mean, yeah. I feel like something was going to happen regardless but i do think there's at least a part of it that is logan i don't know if i fully like think it's all logan but yeah i that would be an interesting thing to think about is like yeah i i do think like the way that rory was headed inevitably she was gonna make a decision like this like she was just bound to do it i think just logan kind of gave her that little bit of confidence and independence or
1: or enough lack of ethics too
0: so yeah that too yeah
1: one would think if he was if he was ethical and healthy when she was really upset he would have said tell me what you're upset about rather than okay let's go have an adventure and i'll enable you to do this by Mm -hmm. showing you how to steal a yacht yeah
0: okay um let's see uh behind the scenes trivia do we have any trivia from this episode let's see all right bring it up here i'm sure there's gonna be something there's here. some
1: reference in this episode or than or the last one to dirty dancing and um mm. kelly bishop emily was uh baby's mother
0: oh that was in this episode yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah I Forget yeah, what I exactly it's... the reference Lorelei and michelle referred to like invading her dance space which is yeah oh
1: yeah that's to... right like because cause he was like here this is my dance space this is your dance space in the movie yeah yeah
0: um oh uh yeah taylor complains that he's been waiting around six hours for the bike race to end uh so the but apparently the race was supposed to end at noon and it was 10 so he'd actually been waiting 10 hours not six that's a weird bit of trivia i don't even know if it was
1: maybe that's why it didn't make sense so i was like i mean i know i'm not great at math but something seemed off Yeah. And then it was, it seemed like it was just a a display of Taylor's just rootness. Where he's just like, everybody pack everything up in 10 minutes.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, this is, uh, I like how they make a mention of this This is the first season to not feature Dean fully.
1: Oh, because he was on Supernatural at this point, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,. That's it. Well, oh, for... we found that
1: Babette has had Zima on order
0: from, That's from yeah. Taylor. Mm-hmm.
1: But apparently she wound up not liking her. She quit drinking it because he's been using it as a step stool. Yeah. I always like seeing Babette and Patty.
0: Yeah, even when she's running through town like a manic. That's... Yeah. Um, Any mental health observations, just aside from just... We already bizarre... went through all of them. Yeah, yeah I feel the, like... And the... the thing is, too, is because the subplot goes on for a long i feel like it's gonna be a lot of repeats but yeah i mean yeah yeah it's just there's a lot going on
1: (laughs) they basically they basically alienated her kid from her so um yeah so we've already talked a lot about that and Mm -hmm. and loreline needs to feel some of those uncomfortable feelings instead of trying to push them down because they they come back
0: yeah okay uh, I think it's time to give this episode a score. What are you thinking for a score?
1: I give it a seven. It was pretty good. Yeah. What do you think?
0: I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's kind of hard with these episodes because, like, there's a certain just like chunk of these episodes that are all dedicated to the same-ish story, which is, uh, mm-hmm. Lorelai and Rory being separated. Uh, I, I didn't. Mind this episode, but I think there was like a few things that kind of just drew it back for me, and I think like yeah, there is a lot of filler in this episode, um, but yeah, I do think though that like this rift between Rory and Lorelai, it is needed, and I think it makes the episode better, um, and I think it just gives like this overall sense of like just pain and tragedy to what's going on with them, because you can both tell where you can tell both of them, even just like early on, even though it's like just one episode into the season, this is something that they're already kind of pseudo regretting. I think more so for Rory than Lorelai, but I think Mm -hmm. Lorelai's actions in this kind of hardened Rory a little bit too. Like when she's like where's mom and she she realizes her mom's not there. I think that hardens her a little bit. I think that makes her a little bit tougher, I think in this, like Mm -hmm. not tougher in the sense that she can like deal with more, but more that like, it's going to really just reinforce that she's made the right call, at least in her mind. Um, That Rory has? Yeah. Or that Lorelai? I think for Rory, like, when her mom doesn't show up and she's, like, I think she's kind of like, okay, I've made the right call and going to grandparents. Because she sees that Lorelai's not there, and I think that kind of, like, tells her that, like, Lorelai doesn't care about her anymore. So,
1: it's, it's interesting how we have such different, that we agree on so many things, but we have so many different opinions on this episode, like motivations. Yeah. I took it as Rory coming to terms with the fact that, mm-hmm. that she's going to have to learn how to do some stuff on her own, that mm-hmm. her mom is not going to be able to rescue her or comfort her. And so yeah. maybe that's the hardened part. I think for me is that she realized that she's made some choices that people are not going to go along with. This is the first time that that's happened to, to Rory. Yeah. And so I'm sure it's quite a shock. And I, my guess is that she went to the grandparents knowing that they would help her and just expected her mom to just go with it, even though she knows the dynamic, Mm. you know? And, and I think the other concern that Lorelei has is how come you didn't come to me before you went to your grandparents? Yeah. So that's the other part of it too. Um, And so Rory can't expect her mom to continually just endorse her behaviors when she's got behavior that's really not conducive to having a healthy relationship
0: yeah yeah and in a way too i feel like what rory is doing is kind of like completing the circle of like trauma and like it started with uh lorelei and emily and richard and now she's kind of picked it up and in some ways she's kind of facilitating the worst of both parties for each other. Uh so yeah. I don't know. I just
1: generation drama. F- yeah. Hmm?
0: I just find them, I, I think the storyline is interesting. I don't think mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this season is not maybe my favorite, but I do like what they're doing with this. So I don't know. I think this episode's a bit of a dud, but I also think it that we're getting but we're getting some interesting stuff. It's just not there's a lot of filler and there's a lot of stuff that just kind of makes mm-hmm. it mad. So I give it, like, a 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it could be better. Like, I think if it actually focused mm-hmm. more on, like, what, uh, like, you know, we're both talking about, like, what Emily or what Rory and Lorelei are thinking and doing. But I also think it's a bit of a pitfall of the show that, like, they didn't really explain it well enough. We're kind of happy to fill in the blanks a little bit ourselves. At least, you know, it's we have different interpretations. So, yeah it's uh it's gonna be an interesting story to kind of dissect and again it's not one that's over Mm -hmm. overly quickly we're gonna be sticking around i think you might be surprised at how much they kind of linger on the story so i already
1: have an impression because i think something like this a wound like that a good show doesn't resolve in a
0: couple episodes yeah for sure all right steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com gaslighting is her book and eventually we're going to start talking about your new book when that comes out too but yeah for now now, gaslighting and then right but new book coming soon yeah
1: healing from toxic relationships
0: so what do you do once you're able to leave i think uh dean would be a very good subject for that book because oh there you go yeah because he's a toxic guy so there are, are quite a few toxic people on this show, I must say. Yeah. So. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then stephaniesarkis.com is her website. You can go check out more of her stuff there. And then uh, I'm over at threeandgreeninutes.com where almost every other day we've got new content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye.